0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast B.C. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM.
1: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the show. A little later on, we'll be talking with BC's Minister of Mental Health and and Addictions, Sheila Malcolmson, to talk about the Foundry Centre coming to Fort St. John, which will offer young people between the ages of 12 and 24 mental health and substance use supports, among other things. But first, a new group in town is formed to help uh, offer support and resources for transgender and LGBTQ persons and their family and friends called the Trans Alliance Family, Friends, and Youth. Since our interview got cut uh, short last week on the subject, I'm glad to be joined once again by one of the group's founders, Page Turtle, Page. Thank you once again for joining me. It's <laughs> my, my pleasure, Doug. Lovely <laughs> to be back. All right. Well, uh, tell us a bit about this group. I, I summed it up quickly, kind of at the start there, but uh, can you give it a kind of a broader sense of what the group's going to be all about and what your kind of aim with it is?
2: Well, our aim is to be able to provide resources and outlets and meet and greets and events for trans or LGBTQ youth and friends and family within the peace area and the Fort St. John community. We have a Discord, and we're also going to be looking at, like, like I said, events out and among the community. Okay, so
1: it's not just about here's where you go to find this thing, which is important, but also about let's just come together and talk and be friendly and be social
2: and, and sort of from that way They learn that you're not alone in things, I guess, eh? Yeah. It's really important for people to learn that there are other people. Sometimes it can feel really lonely Mm -hmm. being a trans person or an LGBTQ person. And maybe not a lot of your circle embraces that sort of lifestyle. So knowing that there's a safe place that you can go to just talk to people, like find resources, but also just maybe make friends for adults to find people who also have children that identify as trans or lgbtq and just socialize and mingle Mm -hmm.
1: why now why did this group uh why did you decide to sort of start this group in the last month or so is something happened uh, that uh, you you saw kind of a
2: need for this in fort st john um i met up with some people at the pride parade and we kind of got to talking and found that there are a lot of gaps when it comes to resources and knowledge within the area Mm -hmm. and we really wanted to step forward Um, there used to be a group i believe in town called pats but the facilitator wasn't able to continue for personal reasons so Mm -hmm. Because it is such an important thing to all of us as board members at TAFI, we wanted to step forward and make sure that we fill that gap.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we've touched on it, just kind of the social aspect of feeling lonely in that. Uh, what other hurdles are uh, LGBTQ and transgendered people facing in Fort St. John that you're hoping to help alleviate with this uh, group, With some of the supports that you're, uh, and resources you're hoping to offer?
2: Uh, a lot of gender confirming gear, so binders, breast forms, and other types of gender confirming clothing aren't really available within town. Mm-hmm. I myself had to branch out to Victoria and Prince George, and maybe some other people were in a position where they don't know where to turn, so being able to give that outlet to people is super important mm-hmm.
1: uh is what about kind of the medical side of things is is that been is there? Is it hard to find resources for that sort of thing too a, in a town like St. John? can yeah. yeah,
2: very much so. Um, a lot of the doctors out here don't know where to turn or don't know where to begin themselves. Mm-hmm. My partner is a trans man and when he first tried to get on testosterone he was given extremely low doses because the doctor didn't know enough mm-hmm. in order to properly facilitate the journey. So We're hoping to be able to connect people with doctors and physicians in general that know a bit more and are more trained. And hopefully, in the future, maybe help some of the doctors in town connect that same way to get more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, you're
1: hoping this also has maybe the added benefit of perhaps raising awareness? I know it's a term thrown around a lot, but... Is that an aim of this, too? Or is it more, let's just get out there enough that the people who might need our help or are looking for somebody like us, a community, can find it and not you're not so much worried about, let's change minds?
2: A little bit of both, maybe. Um, Raising awareness is never a bad thing when it comes to this. And just maybe breaking the stigma that some people might have. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's... Really, really important to us. And I mean, raising awareness is just kind of a byproduct. We hit the ground running and we've started co- to connect with some really important groups in, in town here Ministry of Children and Families, we've connected with Victim Services and the RCMP. We were actually in touch with the Foundry so that when they get up and running, we're going to work through them as well. And just really getting out there to make sure that we can be found in as many places as possible
1: mm-hmm. when you were here last time i think you said as soon as kind of the word came out that you had uh, kind of formed this group people were reaching out some some local uh,
2: other groups were like hey we'd love to work with you it was kind of immediate wasn't it yeah we had no idea just how huge of a need there was we thought there were gaps mm-hmm but once we started communicating with people and others started reaching out, we noticed that there is a massive outcry of parents and youth that don't know where to turn. And they've been looking for a group just like ours, which just drives our hunger even further to Mm -hmm. be able to really push. And as we go finding more and more things that we can offer to the community. Okay. Um, so I have to ask, then, from a
1: community standpoint, me, you know, the, 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 the medical uh, kind of community in Fort St. John, the governments, the local government bodies, what do we all have to be doing better here? How can we be supporting uh, youth here and, and and LGBTQ youth and transgendered youth and, and just persons in general that we should be doing more of? What What can we be doing?
2: I mean, that's kind of a tricky topic. Mm-hmm. I would say just... Make sure that you're aware of people's pronouns even. That's something that can be super important on such a small level. And I know that for non-LGBTQ or non-trans people like You don't even think about it sometimes but Mm -hmm. when you're a trans person and somebody misgenders you sometimes it can be devastating Mm -hmm. you can be on such a a great day and have woken up in a great mood and that one small thing can really bring you down quite far Mm -hmm. so just be aware you know maybe ask people also just be supportive because everybody's got their own journey. Everybody has their own lifestyles and their own things that they're dealing with. And it's it's really good to be supportive of people because you don't know what they deal with. You don't uh-huh. know where they're from, what they've been through.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, Youth, again, part of the uh, acronym of the name. Is there been any talk about getting into the school district, maybe, you know, talking to children specifically, again, looking for people who need your help directly, but also sort of the raising awareness, the uh, ending the stigma
2: side of things, too? Absolutely. We were already in touch with um, the high school and some of the middle schools mm-hmm. about putting up posters in our event for our event, rather, and we're also going to be in contact with the school board pretty quick here to discuss potentially having presentations at the schools mm-hmm. to just, again, bring awareness to the group in general.
1: Wonderful. All right. Well, in the immediate future, your kind of first event is coming up in uh, early July. Tell us a bit about that and when it's happening and how people can get involved.
2: It's at the Click Building in Fort St. John. Again, I don't have the address offhand. (laughs) It's just down 100th Street Street there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's July 9th and it's going to be from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we're also going to have food that's been provided A huge thank you to Cobb's Bakery, Cass's Kitchen, Anila's Kitchen, the local butcher block, Amanda's No Frills, and the Fort St. John Save-On Foods. They've all kind of helped us out with providing food and snacks and sort of amenities for the event. Um, I didn't ask you this that last time. I I wonder,
1: how does it make you feel to see companies, local kind of organizations and and businesses stepping up to say, hey, we want to help you out with this in some way?
2: It melts my heart, honestly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. seeing that there are that many people who are willing to put a little bit of themselves on the line and their business on the line to help out. I mean, we're just getting started, so we don't exactly have a huge amount of funding. We do work closely with the Pride Society in town, but we didn't want to just always ask them for funding immediately. We want to be able to have a good working relationship, so we wanted to find other ways to kind of fill those sorts of things and honestly i couldn't believe just how many people were willing to help it's amazing wonderful
1: all right uh, and finally um i've blanked on where i want to go Oh, yes someone's listing right now they're they're transgendered or lgbtq looking for resources it's a family member a friend Uh, they want to get in touch with you and and maybe start the process. What's the best way to get a hold of you and, and Taffy at the moment?
2: Aside from seeing our posters all over town, you can contact the Friendship Center or you can contact the Victim Services or MCFD. We're also going to be in touch with the Women's Resource Center and just we're really trying to get our name out there, so there are lots of places, and those, it's just, the list is just going to continue to grow. Uh, we have a Discord channel. We're working on getting a phone line as well, and a Facebook group so that we can have more ways for people to contact us. Okay, and what's the name of the Discord channel? Uh, it's Taffy. Taffy, yeah. okay. I, the link, I believe, is on all our posters, Okay. and we constantly refresh that to make sure that it's easy to access.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, Paige, I really appreciate you coming by and uh, for a second time to make sure we got this interview done right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. That's Paige Turtle with the Trans Alliance Family, Friends and Youth Group here in Fort St. John. We'll be chatting with Minister of Mental Health and Addictions Sheila Malcolmson right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Now you may have heard the news last week that a foundry is coming to Fort Saint John. The mayor was at the announcement. Uh, this uh, minister of mental health and addictions, Sheila Malcolmson, was also there. It sounds like the Fort Saint John uh, Friendship Society is going to be running it, and uh, it's going to be designed to be uh, a place for young people between twelve and twenty-four to access mental health and substance use supports. So to talk a bit about what that means and kind of what's Next on the road to making it happen, I sat down with BC's Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, Sheila Malcolmson, a little earlier on to chat with that about that. Here's that interview.
0: Uh, Sheila Malcolmson, the BC Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, joining me on Moose Talks. How you doing today, Sheila?
3: Thanks for the invitation.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, So you helped announce that a foundry is coming to Fort St. John. Uh, We don't have a date on any of that yet, but the announcement nonetheless kind of last week. Tell us a bit about what a foundry is exactly.
3: I've had the real pleasure of being able to walk into a number of foundry centers across British Columbia. And this is what it feels like for young people ages 12 to 24 who are looking for primary care, maybe sexual or reproductive health needs, mental health counseling, addiction support, substance use challenges, or just a friendly place to hang out that is uh, trauma informed and culturally sensitive and, and very gender aware. Uh, young people walk into a center, they're greeted by peers, people that have lived experience and are their own age. Uh, they're met with respect and dignity in a really colorful, beautifully designed setting. And walking through a foundry center, you'll encounter a registered nurse, uh, clinical counselors, places for group therapy kind of conversations, just breakout spaces for young people to talk and share stories and support each other, rec room uh, Spaces for cooking. A lot of the programming is done around food. It's, and every community does look a little bit different. And so Fort St. John's Foundry will be shaped by the youth and by the Friendship Center, the service provider that's been chosen. Um, but it's it's a, such a respectful and youth-oriented, designed by and for youth. Uh, and the people that I talk with that have, reserved, have received services at Foundry just describe it as life-changing
0: wow it's incredible uh, the collaborative it sounds like it's very collaborative as you said so when the government announces something like this is there a dollar value really attached to it or is it we're going to support you in making this happen depending on kind of what your needs are and we're anticipating what some of them are but you're going to help us decide what they are
3: yeah well You know, it's a pretty competitive process to choose a foundry in my own community in Nanaimo, where I'm represented, where I represent as a MLA, uh, you know, several years ago, along with Kamloops and Fort St. John, Nanaimo, a whole bunch of communities. You know, they got the opening kind of invitation to put in an application for a foundry. They uh, design, you know, kind of describe their own pitch about what community needs are and how many social service organizations are willing to partner on it, uh, and then the uh, you know the the process that the experts at Foundry, based on their own peer advisory panel and their experience in standing up other foundries in other parts of the province, that really you know informs both the selection. And then, like with the announcement last week, got to say yes, Foundry has been chosen. Now it's time for the partners to come together to coalesce around the Friendship Centre, which is the lead. And then they work together to identify the space, to choose the spot, um, to, uh, you know, and then to start to, to design kind of the entry points. Fort St. John is an exceptionally young community. The average age is 31 and a half years old. I mean, I don't know that demographic in any other part of the province. So I imagine that this foundry will look different from, say, the Surrey foundry, um, which might have more uh, cultural inputs. Uh, so what we do um, provincially, um, we fund through Foundry uh, the startup costs, the some of the operating costs, significant part of the operating costs, but there certainly is a responsibility and obligation on the community to also do fundraising. Um, and that's part of the selection process as well. You know, how much community push and support is behind it. To have the mayor, Lori Ackerman, just be such an incredibly... Um, Uh, dynamic and uh, very compelling uh, partner and validator and advocate for Foundry is an example of demonstrating that community support. So all of those pieces come together.
0: I see. You mentioned the demographic being uh, probably among the youngest Mm -hmm. in the province. Um, Was that the sole reason that you know it was invited to or Fort St. John was invited for this project or were there other factors that came into play that you came aware of, or or how did the situation work? I guess my question is, how did you come to the to the decision to bring this to Fort Saint John?
3: Yeah, no. you know what we did on the provincial side, recognizing as we're building up a system of care in all kinds of areas, there wasn't a system of care in place in British Columbia when we first took government in 2017, and so we've been working over time to design a plan, which we call Pathway to Hope to open up new substance use treatment beds. We're doubling them across the province. We've added mental health counseling. We're funding expanding eating disorder support. We just heard last weekend, Prince George, they've got now triple the capacity to help young people who are struggling with eating disorders. So across the spectrum, there's lots of budget decisions and priorities that the government's making. But Foundry's a little bit different in that we knew this is a really good model. We wanna fund the model, but there isn't a political filter that decides this is the community this is going to go to because me as minister I want the people that are most on the front line and have the most experience to make that decision so the kind of criteria are um, the capacity that the community shows through their application their history of already working together social service organizations that have a really good model already of cooperation definitely community need you know and we know that um in the north in particular uh it's hard to both uh recruit and retain healthcare staff and i talked to people in fort st john last week working for the health authority who are putting heart and soul into the work within our emergency rooms and youth treatment centers but staffing is a challenge and so there's an example of there is there are gaps, notwithstanding the work that we're doing to add through health authorities, unprecedented spending to support young people struggling with mental health and addiction challenges. There are still gaps. And so the Foundry model is a really good way to, um, to create that navigation center to, to provide an extra oomph of support. And so Fort St. John pushed through both by the data showing us that there's a need, that there are young people not being connected with support, that there are a ton of young people, and that there were very willing and cooperative partners that made a compelling pitch. So Fort St. John is the first of four new foundries that we'll be announcing. The other three haven't yet been announced, um, but this was the first piece of good news, and and Fort St. John was out in front.
0: Now again, as I said kind of at the top, there's no specific date really for anything yet. So I just wonder if... Um... You or the other people involved kind of have a, a kind of a a, a, a a timeline for certain things that are ha- going to happen. Is there kind of is mm-hmm. it set out that people have to report back with this information? Then, and are we talking months or years in terms of maybe having this open up here?
3: Yeah. So right now, uh, we're all this summer we're going to have a whole series of new foundries opening. Uh, ones that we funded several years ago and that their communities have been working hard to get centres open. Uh, And so on average, what it's been taking from an announcement date to actually get in service has been two years. That's longer than it used to be. And COVID had a lot to do with that, people's ability to get together and, and work together, but also global supply chain interruptions we've heard from the foundry operators have been a real challenge. So I would say for Fort St. John, the outside might be two years, but we know the community is really motivated. Uh, probably one of the very first steps is finding a willing landlord or an existing building or facility that could be renovated. And depending how quickly the community is able to come together and pitch in on that. And I really hope that we'll be able to do that faster. Uh, and you know, I really look forward to being there to, to be part of the opening celebration, having seen the just incredible community support at the announcement of a bit first coming. Um, but, you know, I know that the community is super motivated and uh, I know that the that both the folks at Foundry and also the Friendship Centre, um, Indigenous Friendship Centre is gonna be really good at keeping the community up to date. And, and, uh, and in the meantime, remember that uh, as long as you've got internet access or a telephone line, Foundry Virtual is working really well to connect young people with counseling and helping them navigate towards other primary care supports. So that's Foundry BC. It's an app that we designed and um, released last year, designed for and by youth. And so fantastic if young people in Fort St. John right now start getting themselves familiar with the kind of services that Foundry will have physically for them by starting to tap into some of the counseling and supports and um, really Life saving work that Foundry does in a virtual format for people across BC.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to ask quickly too uh, you know, there's lots of mental health and sort of uh, supports that are part of this that are important. Um, overdose prevention and overdose prevention, prevention sites, why isn't this a part of this somehow? Is that just a separate thing altogether? Was, was there thought given to that being a part of this whole uh, kind of big announcement of this? of foundry coming here?
3: We have, since the, our government formed, gone from one overdose prevention site to 40, uh, a good proportion of those right now are inhalation overdose prevention sites, which has been really important as part of our adaptation, how our response to the overdose crisis has evolved and as way, people's ways of of um, using these illicit street jug- drugs, evolves also. Uh, But there hasn't been any model where any of the foundries so far have co-located supervised consumption and a a foundry center. And that's partly because we've got young people as young as 12 using a foundry and we would much rather have the health authority and community service organizations uh, site appropriately, supervised consumption sites. Now certainly foundry would be in a position um, for Um, older youth to orient them towards uh, tools to if they are challenged by substance use um, and are at risk of overdose, certainly navigating them towards the supports that are available. And there certainly are harm reduction materials that are available uh, at foundry centers. But we know we funded the health authority to open a supervised consumption site in Fort St. John. We know that's been a real challenge, partly because of the city bylaws, which greatly limit um, the health authority's ability to move. And that is a problem for us to solve together, but not using the foundry model.
0: Uh, to final quick and a quick, final uh, question, pardon me, quick. Uh, you touched on this already. What's sort of next then? What's the immediate thing that has to happen next for the foundry? I think you said a landlord has to be found who's going to donate or give the space for it, right?
3: That's right, yeah. So um, so now that, that it's officially known that the foundry will be coming to Fort St. John, now the lead organizations, the health authority, their other partners can start to do that. Public work of saying, look, we're looking to lease the space, um, or are there city facilities that we can use? Um, are there ways that the health authority can uh, can share space in other ways? Uh, so uh, now it's public. Uh, we really put it to the communities to lead because every community is different. Every place has got different, you know, contractors, people that are willing to donate labor. Um, you know, we know that there's just so much building, so much economic activity that sometimes just getting. Uh, the folks to do the building work can be a challenge and so that's part of the scheduling work that will happen now but bottom line is everybody is feeling the urgency of the need to connect more people with both mental health and substance use supports let alone primary care counseling peer connection you know this has been such a really challenging period of time for youth where they've been much more isolated than anybody should growing up and so everyone feels the urgency the need to get the space to get the program set up we just opened a foundry center three weeks ago in Comox Valley and uh, they really built that place as quickly as they could given the pandemic and we're really hopeful that this will uh, the Fort St. John's will will come together faster Uh, but being in that a pavilion announcing that we are bringing foundry uh, how many people were in the space um, a lot of tears shed, a lot of tears of joy and relief and uh, that just gives me a sense that Fort St. John's going to move as fast forward as they can and um, and we as the provincial government will be there to support them. Uh, congratulations to Fort St. John for securing the foundry and I know it's really going to make the difference in the lives of young people.
0: Excellent. Minister, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us about this today.
3: Well, thanks so much for the interest, and I look forward to talking again.
1: That was Minister of Mental Health and Addictions Sheila Malcolmson joining us from Nanaimo earlier on today. Not sure why my voice had a strange effect on it, but anyway, we'll move on and upward.